I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Thanksgiving is days away, and typically it features everything we're not supposed to do during the COVID-19 pandemic. Gathering inside, eating and drinking, hanging out for a long period of time. So what are health experts advising? Health reporter Aaron Alday is here with the latest. And what should you do if your family disagrees over its Thanksgiving plans? Chronicle reporter Annie Weinstein discusses family strife over the holidays and how to talk it out. We'll hear from her after the break. Erin Alday, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me again, Heather Knight. We're on a roll. I like it. I'm really digging all day and night. <laughs> yes. Um, so Thanksgiving, it's fast approaching. Things seem to be getting a lot tighter in terms of what Uh, mayors and county health directors and the governor are advising. So um, what is the latest? What should people be considering as they're making their shopping lists and and planning their day? Right. So I think uh, you're right. It has shifted um, quite a bit. Um, I think even, you know, a couple weeks ago we were getting, you know, some tips about just kind of keep it small, um, you know, keep it outdoors if you can, try not to travel um, if you don't have to, um, and then some sort of advice, you know, on on how to do those things safely if you must. But really, the messaging now is just increasingly don't do it. Just don't have any sort of kind of holiday gathering. Keep it to your household. I mean, you know, if it's just at all possible, keep it to your household. Keep it at home. Don't go anywhere. Um, you know, you can order out food. Um you know, make it kind of festive as if you like, certainly, you know, get people on Zoom, do that kind of thing. But I think they're really, really pushing that message that if it's at all reasonable that people need to just keep kind of doing what they're doing and stick within their their pod, within their hub, their their hub and and just keep, you know, that kind of Thanksgiving dinner, that kind of celebration. Um that being said, you know, there are some um advisories that have come out about kind of what um you know, how people can celebrate. Um, certainly if you are going to get together with, with others, um, if they're outside your household, it's basically mandated in pretty much, I think all of the counties, um, in the Bay area now, certainly most of them that you do that outside. So if you're going to get together with people outside of your household, you basically are required now to do it outside. Um, Mm -hmm. so don't even think about going indoors. Um, and it shouldn't be more than six people. So you keep it really small and it shouldn't be more than three different households. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you put those kind of things together between the cold weather and, you know, that small of a group, it's kind of like what even sort of Thanksgiving are you looking at, right? <laughs> like, it's like, why why bother then? Why take the risk for that? But that being said, I mean, if that's important if, if you know, you are a small household and you want to, want to get together with one other small household you know, you can do that and you can do it outside. Um, so that's certainly an option. Um, you know, the things that you, you know, definitely should not be doing is just don't, don't travel, don't leave like your County, don't leave the region. Certainly don't leave the state. If, um, if, if you can really, um, avoid that, um, if you're going to do any of those things, I mean, the thing is that the, the advice would have been, if you must travel, if you must kind of, see, you know, extended family, that kind of thing, you would want to be in a really kind of tight quarantine for a couple of weeks. So, you know, just have all your shopping delivered, like not go out shopping, not go out anywhere where you might be exposed. So um, really a kind of hardcore quarantine for about two weeks. And, you know, we're already within that realm. So presumably it's, it's too late to start that, certainly. 
So what are the leaders so concerned about? I know that this third surge is starting. Are they being extra cautious or are things getting really bad already in the Bay Area in terms of cases, hospitalizations? Right. I think there are two, I think there are two factors at play here. One is um, we know from experience that that holidays, any sort of holidays um, in the past have been a problem for us in terms of seeing upticks. So we saw it from Mother's Day, from Memorial Day, from Fourth of July. We even saw it from Halloween, um, some some clusters tied to that. So we just know that that that's almost inevitable that we're going to see that. Um, you know, combined with the fact that this is a really important holiday. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's something that I mean, most of us don't necessarily get, you know, big Mother's Day kind of sit down celebrations and we don't do that, I don't. you know. <laughs> and then I mean, right. <laughs> but we mean and we don't do that for Fourth of July, you know, we're talking backyard barbecues, we're yeah, people are outside like that. anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Same with like Memorial Day, all of those. So here we're talking about a holiday that by definition is like a worst case scenario. It's cold weather. So it's usually people in close quarters sitting down and sharing a meal. It's all about sharing the meal. And it's a long meal, right? Like you sit down for hours. In yeah. This and it's an all day space. thing. Right. And mostly with your mask off. I mean, even if you were to wear a mask indoors, you would be taking it off for the meal. So it's basically worst case scenario in terms of what people shouldn't be doing in a pandemic. Um, so that's, that certainly is a big factor. And we already like have seen that social gatherings on their own are driving cases right now. So, you know, we're, we're already seeing this happen even before this big holiday that is just has potential for disaster. The other big issue is that because cases are climbing so rapidly and there is so much widespread, you know, transmission, so much more transmission happening now than a week ago, certainly a couple months ago, that means that for any given encounter, your risk is higher. So mm-hmm. something that might have been not too risky a month or two ago is suddenly riskier. I mean, you, just your chances of coming across an exposed person in your extended family, in your even your close family that you don't live with, and friends, it's just much higher now than it was a month ago. So, you know, personally, you're just going to be more at risk, even if you do take safety precautions um, by getting together with people outside your household. Yeah, I would think another issue with Thanksgiving is that it's usually an intergenerational affair, you know, like um, kids who may be going back to school and working adults and then the grandparents and potentially great grandparents all in one room. That is definitely no, no, you're absolutely right. That is definitely a big factor. In fact, that was something I talked with folks last week about Halloween is Halloween was they did see cases, but it was really a lot of like little kids, right? And little kids tend to do well with this. So they weren't too worried about that. Whereas with Thanksgiving, you're exactly right. You get, you know, little kids, you get young people, you get young adults to get infected, and then you have grandma over and that's when the problem comes up. Right. And I imagine another concern is how close Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa are to this. So um, even if we get through this holiday without a huge surge, there's another one right around the corner. Exactly. So last time you were on the show, you talked about your Thanksgiving plans. Um, Have they changed at all? Are you going to stick to what you had told me about before? Yeah. So I think I mentioned before that we were, you know, we were talking about negotiating a, a small Thanksgiving a celebration with, with, I'm, I'm in a, in a pod with my sister and brother-in-law and my nephew. Um, and we were going to have my parents, um, we were negotiating my parents coming over. Um, I think, you know, with the cases climbing up, we're definitely leaning and, and most likely not going to be doing that. Um, cause it yeah. just seems, and I mean, it just seems so risky right now. Um, and you know, 
we haven't been like so tightly quarantined. I went camping um, with my sister's family just last weekend and we kept to ourselves. But, you know, we were around other people from time to time and mm-hmm. we wore our masks. We did what you're supposed to do. But, you know, we that's that's not a zero exposure risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it just seems like having them come down, they live up in the mountains where they're, they're automatically pretty isolated and the cases, you know, are, are really low. And it's even, it feels like even just bringing them across the border. My sister said something like, you know, into the, uh, the COVID soup of the Bay area, <laughs> like it's in the air. Or yeah. They're probably really secluded and COVID free up there. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, it just, it feels like you could almost like taste. It. I mean, this is not, you know, we're obviously being, you know, joking and being extreme, but it just seemed like a bad idea to invite them into this COVID soup, the new Thanksgiving yeah, side right? dish. I know. So, I mean that, you know, we're still, we're still having conversations. There's still some negotiation, but it sounds I mean, we're just kind of saying it's it's probably just not worth it. And and what we're talking about is, you know, let's double down on Christmas. Maybe, you know, we can do like a hardcore quarantine and and make mm-hmm. that happen or else, you know, Thanksgiving is just as delicious in January. <laughs> That's true. Yes. I think people should just redate the holidays. Like, yes. Um, they don't have to be on the exact date. No. What are you doing, Heather? Oh, it's been a big negotiation in my family, too. So usually we do a big extended family thing um with my sister and her husband and his whole side of the family um of like 15 to 20 people a very traditional dinner that is obviously not happening so then my sister and I were just going to do something with our dad but then yesterday he called and said he's not going to come at all so um so we're probably just going to take the cousins like on a bike ride you know be outside and have a picnic um but yeah definitely nothing too traditional so, so probably just like thanksgiving dinner with just your your immediate family there your household uh we'll probably have an outside picnic Got lunch type thing with my sister oh that's nice um, i'm envisioning like two picnic like at six feet apart <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully the um, weather holds out and you can pull that off <laughs> but yeah it definitely won't be a sit down indoor traditional yeah dinner. it's gonna no. be just kind of like any other weekend like let's take the kids outside you know, that sounds very for a nice, walk or though. a bike ride. So at least see them from a little afar. <laughs> <laughs> you can all wear festive turkey hats or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was laughing because the traditional San Francisco turkey trot um, got the email and they're having the race, but it's virtual. So you just do it on your own. Basically. You just go for a run. <laughs> and I asked, my, we did it last year in Golden Gate Park. And I asked my family, do you guys want to do this? And they're like, no. No. <laughs> it's true. Like a turkey trot is all about getting together with other people and feeling like all uh, braggy about the fact that, you know, you've now burned off your pumpkin pie and everybody else is sleeping. But yeah, somehow doing it on your own just isn't the same. No. <laughs> And I don't like running anyway, so I was <laughs> fine with that answer. <laughs> well, I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving, however it goes. And I am sure we will be talking again very soon. I am sure, too. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Heather. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com pod. Annie Bainstein, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Excited to be here. 
You have yet another fascinating story out now on sfchronicle.com about family strife when it comes to figuring out what to do on Thanksgiving. Why do you think this holiday is um, prompting so much angst and drama between friends and family? I think um, the first thing is that, you know, Thanksgiving has been talked about a lot over the last few months. And I think for a lot of families, um, you know, especially who were living in places like the Bay Area, who were doing, you know, relatively well compared to the rest of the country, um, there's this kind of, you know, magical thinking around Thanksgiving and the beginning of the holidays. And, um, and I think people sort of saw it as this, as this beacon, um, to finally sort of be able to gather, however misguided that thinking is. Um, mm-hmm. and now now, as we're seeing cases surge, um, you know, in the state, in the country, uh, it I think it's, you know, appearing more and more sort of so the sobering fact is that um, people just can't gather in the same way. And I think for a lot of people, Thanksgiving is much more of a symbol um, than it is the actual, you know, just act of, of getting together with family. Yeah. Um, And you have a particularly heartbreaking story about a woman named Jamie Slaughter from Santa Clara. Can you tell me what happened with her family? Yeah. So Jamie Slaughter is in her 60s. She lives in Santa Clara with her husband. Um, And they'd been sort of really on the on different pages with their um, with her daughter who lives in Arizona with her family. Um, And I think Jamie's story is kind of one that a lot of people might relate to. You know, she lives in the Bay Area. Her daughter lives in Arizona and um, has been regularly seeing people having large family gatherings. And so in a lot of ways, it's kind of, um, you know, kind of a microcosm of these really parallel sort of reality dynamics that are playing out all around the U.S. Um, And sort of their tension came to head. She was very worried about going to Arizona for the holidays, which her daughter wanted her to do. Um, And she, you know, had to stand her ground and tell her um, that she wouldn't go. Um, And and that, you know, sparked a really painful um, conversation between the two of them. Uh, They stopped speaking. It hasn't been that long. And, you know, they probably will speak again. But I think it it speaks to, again, these very, like, um, different realities that people are living in and the way in which sort of people, no matter where they are, really only have their own experiences as research. Sadly, it feels like the kind of the strongest evidence sometimes. Um, And so for her daughter, she's been fine um, and kind of doesn't understand why her mother wouldn't want to come. It seems like um, election drama between families has now given way to holiday drama because, you know, in both respects, people can be so polarized and, like you said, so sure that they're right from their own experiences. Um, Does it feel to you like these are somehow linked or people are are as certain that they're right about COVID and how it spreads or doesn't spread as they are about their political beliefs? I know there's some tie into that naturally with our politicians. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. I think they they really sadly do go hand in hand um and uh, but i also think that's it's not it's seeming almost you know there there is an aspect of personal choice there um but when you look at different places where different leaders are saying wildly different things um and where the norm and the social pressure and the political pressure um is just so strong it's it's I wouldn't say easy to understand how people could be so polarly opposite, but but the, at the very least, it's a really, I mean, it's an enduring phenomenon that we've noticed over the last nine months. So it's clearly, there's clearly something there. Um, and, and even in the story, one of the uh, sources I spoke to um, 
works for a large company where she chats with people around the country. And she, uh, she was talking to someone from South Dakota telling her that she wouldn't be seeing her mother for Thanksgiving. Um, and the person was just totally shocked. Um, and as we know, South Dakota is probably being hit hardest, um, than any other state in the country, but this person was going to 200 person weddings and just couldn't fathom, um, you know, saw it as a kind of personal affront or an active, an active apathy, um, that she wouldn't, you know, risk it all or that, that she wouldn't see her mother. So I think it really does speak to these like alarmingly different psychological, um, states that people in different states are in. And I thought, um, the part of your story was really interesting in speaking with therapists who had some interesting things to say about why people are putting so much stake into, you know, this one day we may see the same discussions around Christmas and Hanukkah and the December holidays, but why do people put so much emphasis on, you know, one dinner? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think it's sort of for the reasons I said earlier. Um, I think it's it's a lot. It's sort of this this bad confluence of events. Um, you know, things are getting really bad. At the same time, people had really elaborate plans, which they made, again, out of a kind of magical thinking that the virus was stopping, that we were, quote unquote, getting a vaccine soon, that we were, you know, almost out of here. Um, and and also, then you look at Thanksgiving and the family is all about family um, and gathering. And obviously that gets into these real concerns around loneliness and the loneliness that people have already been dealing with or kind of unable to deal with over these months. Um, and so I think it's also, I mean, I think indirectly it also is calling into question kind of what it means to be a family during a pandemic. And I think a lot of people are really, it's really painful there for them to let go of, of their mm-hmm. ideas of what a family should be. Um, if that means kind of suffering, um, a little bit, um, or a lot. Um, I also think people really want to feel celebratory. There's kind of this rush from the election, um, and this kind of very quick come down and, and just again, this, this prospect of like the unknown, are we going into just the first cycle of the virus again, where, you know, will we have curfews? Will we have shutdowns? Will we have a full lockdown? Um, some therapists have talked about, um, that being a kind of a form of sort of collective PTSD. And I think we know that sort of denying, um, can be a really useful, uh, coping strategy. Mm -hmm. I have a more lighthearted idea also, which is that I think, um, people are really tired of trying to do things on zoom. (laughs) Like all the health directors are saying, just celebrate Thanksgiving on zoom. Yeah. And I think families are like, no, (laughs) we tried that for spring birthdays. Yeah. No more. The technology (laughs) needs to step in to give us something more, um, more lifelike, but obviously there, there's (laughs) enough things to worry about. Yeah. And you also have some good tips for how families should have these difficult talks if two relatives have very different ideas about Thanksgiving or other holidays. And what are some of those pieces of advice you can share for our listeners? Yeah, well, I think for I mean, I think sort of the central question, uh, not just like with an American, the the American sort of family or American American life is is kind of how do we talk about how do we talk to people who are in totally different pages? I think um, we might say that that question is becoming more and more pressing and also more and more impossible as as time has gone on. So I think, um, that all that said, you know, all that said to just kind of underscore that, that talking about politics and also talking about COVID and public health is, is super hard. Um, 
and no less hard than those, you know, other conversations. But, um, mm-hmm. but in terms of, you know, trying, um, depending on sort of where, um, you know, your family members are, um, in their openness to hearing another perspective, um, experts have definitely, um, suggested, I mean, some, a few things that they mentioned were one, trying to find these, trying to do these conversations, not over text, but over, um, video call which can be a little bit no not more zoom yeah i know <laughs> not <kidding>. more zoom <laughs> I know. um that was just for you heather but um <laughs> to be just because it's easier to sometimes a little bit easier you know not to have miscommunication over video call and also people can you know empathy and hearing affect and and trying to be sincere comes across just a little bit better over video so mm-hmm. i mean that's just a small small piece but um another thing and um and this was from a mediator um who i thought was you know i think america needs a mediator just kind of in general oh i know um, that's a good idea Biden that's your next story. point one um uh, <laughs> was something that i i actually hadn't heard of and i think it, it could apply sort of when these conversations are getting really tense which was uh agreeing beforehand um that each party will sort of give each other or each person will give each other permission to take a break if they feel like the conversation is getting too intense. I think a mm-hmm. lot, and we can kind of say this even just sort of broadly speaking, um, for sort of po- the political, you know, the, the larger political conversation right now is that there just seems to be no breaks. Um, and so yeah. she mentioned, you know, if things get heated, take a break that could be for minutes hours a day but it's on the onus is on the person who asks for a break to schedule another time to talk and then coming into that conversation and if this is a conversation around like i don't want to come you know to new york for thanksgiving or i want our thanksgiving in new york to look like this to come with a list of she said whys rather than what's so instead of coming um i think this is great advice that could the, could apply to anything um but that once you sort of start talking about the whys i want this because rather than i want this um and this is what i need you find much more common ground um and so i thought that was a really helpful tactic because it just emphasizes you know getting to that core which you know, no matter where you are um, on the spectrum of of these conversations, I think all of us are guided by some sense of fear or anxiety or anger or denial. And I think talking about the whys can help those things come together in a more like vulnerable and productive way. Yeah, those are great ideas. I just thought of another, which is to remember that people on both sides have very good intentions. You know, one side wants to be together and you know share love and and face-to-face time which we haven't had in a long time and the other side wants to preserve health and so you know both people both are our good intentions although obviously we have to preserve public health above all Mm -hmm. right now yeah great well thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it yeah thank you so much for having me thank you to aaron alde and annie veinstein for joining me today to king kaufman for producing this episode and to you for listening (laughs) 